Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host. He still doesn't have a computer. He's the great and powerful Oz, the disembodied voice himself of the voiceless. Ladies and gentlemen, the pinnacle of happiness, the zenith of pleasure, your friend and mine, the king of polyamory, Robert Winfrey. You know, I'm trying to think of how many other inaccurate <laughs> titles you could assign me based on that. So that one went on for a while. Lot, you hit a lot of them. You hit a lot of things that are just flatly not true. So, I uh, went for my... as many laws as I could shove into a single minute as possible. You got up there. You absolutely <laughs> got up there. Honestly, this is going to be the most interesting part of this entire review. This is my introduction. Probably. It's it's downhill yeah. from here. So, Your introduction and, and our special guest tonight who just moved my camera. Way to go, buddy. Oh, let's get this done with. Hey, also joining us from Honeysuckle Live yep. Creations. Honeysuckle uh, Live Creations. I didn't know my company got a rebranding. Here from Honeysuck My Thing Creation. Um <laughs> Gonna keep pushing me, keep pushing it across the borderline. Alexis Haina, how do you do, madam? Doing good. And I thought it'd be fun to bring my own super pet onto the review. This is Eddie. I ate the FedEx guy. Hi, Eddie. You know what? Hi, Eddie. I, I, I wish you good luck in digesting him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert, let's get this shit show started. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen out there, tonight we are discussing DC League of Super Pets. And if you want to know why Mark was going, this is not going to be a terribly interesting review. Well, we've made, we've spun straw into gold on occasion, but there are limits to even our, uh, our powers of entertainment. Okay. This is a, this is kind of a nothing movie. We talked a little bit about that before the broadcast went live. So the Mark, I know why this is on here. Like I, I do, but um, I'm just gonna ask why in the rhetorical sense, and then go into my plot synopsis. So just why? <laughs> why is this? <laughs> because I hate you. No, um, because when I think back about uh, all the years of doing Damn You Hollywood, one of the things was if I was gonna go see it already and I could convince you to review it, I was like, we might as well go. So we did, especially when my kids were younger, we did a lot of animated stuff. The Hotel Transylvanias yep. and the Kung Fu Pandas, the uh, Secret Life of Pets. You know, there was it was one part we wanted to do major studio stuff, but it was also if I was taking my kids to the movies, we might as well talk about it. Um, this was one where even though it's a little more juvenile, I think, than what I would bring my kids to these days, I knew I was going to bring them. And I ended up bringing my friend's kids as well. Um, I put the picture on Facebook. There were seven kids total, so um, five plus my two. And then you somehow another... survived. It was, they were wonderful children. I'm happy to take them to another excursion for just an hour. Um... <laughs> then toss them back. Less than two hours, and hopefully if I can get them to uh, not do a whole lot for the first 20 minutes of the movie, we'll be golden. <laughs> it was it was fun. So it was me, one of those kids' parents, and then all seven children. Um, so again, I knew I was going to be doing that, so I was like, we might as well talk about it. 
but it's also from a major studio, Warner Brothers, um, whose motto is, hey, look, we're finally worse than Sony. And uh, that's just their motto they took over as of today. <laughs> yeah, well, God. Uh, if anyone wants to know why I'm why in particularly I'm making fun of Warner Brothers, they canceled the Batgirl movie and they're saying it's because um, they want blockbusters. But apparently it tested so bad it should be studied. And they were like, you know, with everything we're going to, with all of the cleanup we're going to have to do with Aquaman and The Flash next year, maybe let's not release, release crap into the world. Um, hey, as long as everybody got paid. Mm. Genuinely sorry for Brendan Fraser to have the fans Poor rally guy. around him as much as they have to get the role of a villain in a big DC film and then this. So that I imagine he was the only good thing about that movie. I will go which to bat for Brendan Fraser in the dark like that. Which leads me to the second reason. You know, it is a it is a Warner Brothers picture. It's a Warner Brothers animated picture, and it features DC Comics. That's kind of, at least in part, though we are stretching and, and moving into different directions, our bread and butter around here. So that's why, Robert, it's a big DC superhero movie. It's an animated feature, and I was going to see it anyway. Well, witness. Okay. Assuming facts yet to be presented in evidence, I would argue this is not big. Everything else you said is true. <laughs> but uh, I mean, big? It's a wide release. Yeah, so's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, does so wide release automatically means big now? <laughs> Why are you fighting me on this, you two? <laughs> Because this movie hey, sucked. You chose you. I, that's why I let you choose how what hills you're going to die on here. All right, hang on. Before, see, this is why we can't get this done in an hour. You, I know, I know, son of a bitch. Hey, hey, um, hey, look! I said I was asking why rhetorically, and you didn't have to respond. <laughs> what is it when they um when when they won't answer the question in court? Uh, I plead the fifth. Um, like, why are we talking about this? I plead the fifth. Okay, I guess we could. You have know just... what the fifth is? It means you don't. You don't want to make yourself look worse. Well, that's the Fifth Amendment, but yeah. Um, all right. So, just looking at what was released July 29th in wide release, in wide release, in wide release, there was Vengeance with uh, which is a B.J. Novak, Boyd Holbrook, Dove Cameron, and Issa Rae uh, comedy mystery thriller from Focus Features. Speaking of, it was wide but not big. Is that um, B.J. Novak's directorial debut? I believe so, yes. Feature film, yes. Um, and then that's it. Everything else was in limited release. Now, here here was a thought, and no one pitched this, so I didn't go with it. But it but at some point one of somebody could have objected to doing DC Super Pets saying, Hey, maybe let's not do the shitty kids movie. Let's do nope instead. We'll just wait a week. We've done that before. We've done things a week late. We could have done nope this week. Y'all eh. didn't tell me you wanted to uh, do uh, nope. Hold on. Hold on. Look, I said the only the only part of your defense that I objected to was calling this a big movie. Everything else you said, like, yeah, that's true. You're okay. going to see it anyway. You're seeing it with your kids. That's one of the hallmarks of what we do. Honestly, this would have been... Sorry, Robert. Go ahead. Uh, honestly, on paper, between this and Nope, it's a coin flip for me. I am not nearly as enamored <laughs> with the films of Jordan Peele as other people are. Right. Uh, and then I thought like, this was a train wreck. And and if you're like, well, why couldn't we have done something else? There was nothing else to do. The only other option was vengeance, which again, I I, I was not close to the experience, but I wouldn't have been my first choice. Alexis, what were you gonna say? I didn't protest because I assumed as the animation guru for the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network, I didn't have a choice. 
That is correct. You were drafted into this service. <laughs> so. Every really, now, really, every now wife, and then, I have to review something just because either A, animation guru, or B, I don't have a Y chromosome. <laughs> That's right. Our resident girl. Here. <laughs> Wait till 37 year old girl wait wait till uh barbie comes out next year and you're like no i don't want to see the stupid barbie movie and i'm like you have a vagina it's, it's your obligation you know what actually based on what i've been hearing and seeing in the pictures supposedly this is very barbie is going to be insanely tongue-in-cheek but if, if they pull that off that close to the chest i think it could be a good movie it comes out the same week as oppenheimer so it's currently not really slated for review um just because i've limited opportunities to review stuff now uh, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Here's why we're not reviewing Barbie. Here's why. why <laughs> oh, oh, Barbie's oh, oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. Mr. Winfrey. This is why we can't get this done in an hour. Go ahead. Winfrey needs eight his soapbox. Eight years ago, when that thing was oh slated to come out, I'm not, I'm not joking about this. Eight years ago, <laughs> when Barbie was originally scheduled to be released, Mark was threatening me with that, and I said no. I said I am vetoing this, and that veto has held for almost a decade of our podcasting. <laughs> as is, as does my belief that the gambit movie is going to get made uh, we all have stupid beliefs that we're willing to yeah you also thought grave. cats would actually make back its budget i don't always get it right. <laughs> i forgot you i forgot that was a hill you were gonna die on too Mark. I that's the hill i always remember i swore because because cats was on broadway forever that was going to make a billion dollars. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to this movie. If we must. So the. We must. Otherwise, Mark will get even angrier. So DC League of Super Pets follows primarily Crypto, the Kryptonian dog voiced by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Thank God and... they didn't go with the original origin story, which had PETA up in an uproar. All right. Since you, had to interrupt him, since you had to interrupt him to tell us that and couldn't wait for him to finish the plot synopsis, what are you talking about? In the original story arc, the reason Crypto came to Earth wasn't because he managed to jump into the rocket with Kal-El because he didn't want to leave his boy. It was because Jor-El, while making the rocket that would go to would save his son decided to do some tests on an earlier prototype and said hey i need a crash test on me and put the dog in the rocket okay his actually in the original comic his wife threatens to leave him for basically thinking that he just murdered their dog like i'm just saying PETA is one of the worst public organizations on the face of the planet they are they just suck and you're bringing that up because they objected to this crypto storyline no. Because it's PETA and because I can. Like, look, 10 years ago, PETA served a purpose. Now they are a self-referential meme who doesn't get the joke. Follow the official PETA Twitter account and you'll see what I mean. Yeah. So, Or just have our next of... mascot wearing a tanuki suit and watch them flip their shit. Yeah, they object to Mario because of that. If you're going to hang so, yourself, at least wrap it around your neck entirely. I don't have a long enough cord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so we limited we on his follow... suicide options. Yeah. We're following Crypto for the majority of this. He is struggling with his relationship with Superman because Superman is about to propose to Lois Lane. And he's worried about his spot in the uh, in Superman's emotional hierarchy. 
We're also introduced to a bunch of shelter pets who complain that the kittens are the ones who always get adopted. And boy, do I feel that. Uh, <laughs> true. Very true. What I want to know what kittens. shelter has a pot-bellied pig and a squirrel. That's Those aren't would exactly accept... common shelter pets. No, but I'd accept one in a city as we... in any city that is based on New York. I... They can throw anything in there and I'll believe it. Fair enough. They could have had a rat king in there and I would have been happy. They had a guinea pig queen. Close enough. They did have a hairless guinea pig. So the the sort of inciting incident here is the arrival of a meteor that is comprised of orange kryptonite. Orange kryptonite theoretically giving is a substance that will give superpowers to other creatures. Lex Luthor tries to get a hold of it. He does, but it turns out that this stuff only works on animals. So the evil guinea pig, who is at the shelter with all of our other uh, group of people, this would be Ace, voiced by Kevin Hart, the pig, the pot-bellied pig, PB, the uh, turtle, Merton, and the squirrel, Chip. Uh, they're all, again, kind of quasi-unadoptable shelter pets. But a chunk of the, but, um, sorry. Oh, what was the, what was the guinea pig's name? Lulu. And for the record, Lulu, it is actually canon in the comics, uh, in the crypto comics. Orange kryptonite gives powers to animals. Eh, look at that. Yeah, so Lulu captures a shard of the uh, orange kryptonite. It works. It gives all of them powers. She sets off to try and rescue Lex Luthor because she was a guinea pig at one of his laboratories, and she believed them to be colleagues. Of a like mind. She was his pet, don't you understand? Not a faceless, nameless, emotionless lab animal to be experimented upon. She mattered. She goes off to rescue Lex. The other pets discover their various powers. Lulu attacks Superman, because if you're a devotee of Lex Luthor, you attack Superman. <laughs> uh, she She's able to impale him with kryptonite and drag him off. She also tricks... I found this genuinely amusing. She tricks Crypto into eating Kryptonite by putting it in a block of cheese. Because and all those the dogs who own he... do it was a, and all those of us who own dogs know if you want to give them something, you hide it in the cheese. Cheese or peanut butter. That'll do it every time. My dogs don't really like peanut butter that much. Cheese, I, they go for it every time. I am very grateful that my dog will accept peanut butter because I would hate trying to shove her pills into cheese at this point, but... Yeah, cheese will work pretty much every time. So he is now depowered until he fully passes the kryptonite. Uh, he finds our beleaguered band of, you know, newly empowered pets, and they try to stop Lulu, and it goes badly because they don't know what they're doing. Kevin Hart, uh, Ace, lectures Crypto a little bit about, you know, his position, not listening to those around him, his closed-offedness. Crypto goes through a little bit of an arc. Uh, he is able to talk to all the other super pets and get them to gain a bit more control of their powers. They fight Lulu. They're more successful. Uh, they all wind up imprisoned on Striker Island, or Striker's Island, whichever one it is, I forget. Uh, very briefly, but Crypto regains his powers right about then. They all escape. They fight Lulu again. They are able to save the Justice League from being exploded because they all wind up captured. Uh, Lulu being privy to some of Lex Luthor's plans for capturing the League of uh, the Justice League. Yeah, who would have thought uh, the our... way to take out Cyborg was to put him in airplane mode? <laughs> that was actually legit funny. That was 
That was yeah, that was a pretty clever bit of writing. Uh, so they're all saved. Crypto's able to defeat Lulu, but Lulu has a another shard of the orange kryptonite that she infuses into her very body. She turns into Kaiju Lulu. Kaiju Lulu. Ah, there's a better way to do that, but I can't wrap my tongue around it at the moment. She turns into a kaiju. Yeah. Kaijulu, that'll do. Kaijulu. She's able to uh, essentially fend off the Justice League. Crypto goes for his biggest attack, the one that would essentially kill him as well because it detonates a punch with the power of an exploding sun, and even he cannot resist it. Uh, He charges. He is able to punch Lulu. It punches the orange kryptonite out of her body and vaporizes it. And before the backdraft can fully attack him, can fully get him, Ace jumps in front of him. Ace's superpower being indestructibility. So Wolverine, basically, depending on the iteration. Canine shield. He saves Crypto. Uh, all of the various pets that have gained powers wind up with different members of the Justice League. Ace goes with Batman. Uh, PB goes with Wonder Woman. Chip goes with the Green Lantern. Merton goes with the Flash and a couple of other guinea pigs. Oh, I forgot the bit where Lulu empowered a bunch of guinea pigs. Like a, a preschool's worth of, uh, an elementary school's worth of guinea pigs. She empowers them all and they are her flying terrible minions for most of this movie. <laughs> a couple of them survive. So Aquaman gets a water pet. Everybody gets a friend. All the pets become super. Superman proposes to Lois Lane. Crypto is able to come more to terms with the fact that his life is changing around him, but that doesn't mean Superman doesn't care about him. And roll credits, theoretically hoping for a sequel that this is not going to get. All right, Alexis, let's hear your craft review. This this movie does have a couple of funny moments. It does have a couple of bits of clever writing. Uh, the voice acting, for the most part, I think is actually spot on. Dwayne Johnson always brings enough charm, energy to his roles when he does uh, voice work that you re- always enjoy it. He and Kevin Hart have great chemistry, which we've also seen in uh, the Jumanji movies. They play off well here with one another. I really enjoyed Kate McKinnon as the villain. Kate McKinnon, again, does really good work as a voice actor, and it's clear that she is just loving this role and chomping at the bit, no pun intended, to really ham it up. And she does a great job with that. But for the most part, this is a movie that is... We've talked about this before, Mark, when we've reviewed family movies. We talk about the difference between a family movie where everyone is going to enjoy themselves and a family movie where... It's clearly aimed at younger children and the adults are just kind of there to enjoy the ride. This is the latter. This is not a movie that adults are really going to like unless you're a huge fan of the Crypto, the Superdog comics, which if you are, please let us know because I don't think I've ever met anyone willingly admit that. (laughs) Nothing against the character. I just don't think anyone's ever admitted that Crypto is one of their favorite characters. It just never comes up. So... If you are, then yeah, you're probably going to enjoy this movie. There is nothing inherently bad in this film for kids. There is nothing excruciatingly painful about this movie, aside from a few dumb jokes. You know, I I didn't find anything wrong with it, uh, aside from the end credits scene, which was obviously a shameless plug for Black Adam. To the point that they actually had the Rock or Dwayne Johnson voicing Black Adam and his dog Anubis. 
which I'd like to point out, uh, Black Adam never had a pet in the comics, but you know what? If he's going to have a pet, he probably wouldn't name it Anubis. So, you know, again, there there were some parts of this I did think were very clever, very funny. I talked about the whole thing with you know putting Cyborg in airplane mode made me laugh. The scene with the guinea pigs getting recruited and they're just like, you know, we're kind of fine here. We get all the water we can drink and we get Spanish lessons, Spanish lessons every miércoles. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. But this is not a movie that you're going to want to see unless you are taking a horde of children. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I thought the, um, I enjoyed the voice acting as well. Actually, my favorite performance in this comes from Kate McKinnon, who I, I don't want to get into a long debate with Robert um, when I say this, but I happen to find Kate McKinnon to be one of the better actors, comedic actors out there. I think she does a fair amount of decent dramatic acting as well, but I think she shines as a modern female comedian. And um, I think she brought a lot of presence to that particular role. I thought for an extremely juvenile movie, she actually gave the character enough menace to where you felt like there were some real stakes involved here. And, um, you know, the, the writing itself wasn't tremendously complicated. This was, this was about uh, crypto um, going on a, you know, a journey of self-discovery, as it were, learning to work with others and you know being reassured that he was not unloved by his master it was a and i and i want to award i want to applaud the writing staff for that because i think while we're sitting here as three adults and kind of lamenting like i wish this would have been written written with a bit more of the sort of pixar uh quality the pixar intelligence of this works on multiple levels i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with writing something that kids can understand that kids can relate to like every kid that I saw this with, like got it. The dog felt unloved. The dog felt replaced who, who can't relate to that. Um, they, you know, the idea of the Guinea pig Lulu feeling like she, she also was dismissed and uh, was, you know, made to feel unworthy by Lex Luthor. And so she was getting revenge for that easily understandable. This was something that, like I said, the, the range of the range of ages I saw it with were like seven to eleven or twelve. All the kids got it and they were invested. And yeah, was this like laugh out loud funny? Um, every you know, did every joke land? No. Did I find myself laughing at times? Yes. Did, did the other adult that I watched with, I watched it with laugh throughout the movie when she stopped talking? Yes. Um, so I think. I'm giving this movie a pass because when the mission statement is appeal to children and don't make it so dumb that parents want to like, like I, I, Alexis, I think you know this, that there are some, there's like three kinds of animated movies out there. There's like the Pixar where it works for everybody and it's brilliant. There's this sort of mid-level. It works for kids and the, and the parents are just there. Then there's the, even kids think this is dumb and parents want to commit suicide in the theater. Exactly. This wasn't that. You know, when it was over, I, I looked at the person I, I, I saw it with who helped me with all seven children. And I was like, it was fine. You know, I, I was entertained for an hour and 45 minutes, and now I'm ready to move on with the rest of my day. And she was like, yeah, pretty much. And the kids were all like, this was great. Thanks for taking us to the movies. And like, and you can sit there and say, and I'm sure some critics were like, yeah, from a craft perspective, there's, this movie 
has no weight to it. But, and we've talked about this many, many times, Robert, not every movie necessarily has to. It has to fulfill the mission objective. The mission objective was to make a movie that appeals to children that isn't the dumbest thing ever. This wasn't the dumbest thing ever. I think this movie has earnest and heart, which is important for a kid's movie. I think, and this is what I wanted your opinion on, Alexis, more than anything else. I thought the animation looked fine. I didn't think... It was a little stylized. Everything had kind of a triangle look to it. Um, uh, every, every, it felt like when they were creating animated bodies, it just they kept putting acute triangles on top of each other until it, you know, looked like Superman or it looked like Batman. Everything felt very angular. A little bit, but there's a lot of backlash in the animation community for animation mm -hmm. that all looks too similar. Mm -hmm. There's an expression that has been pretty much debunked, but it's called the Cal the Cal Arts style, mm -hmm. which was dubbed for the animation style we've seen, especially in television uh, cartoons, that's very overly rounded. Mm -hmm. So... I'm with you, but at the same time, it was nice to see that this movie had its own style. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like any other animated films out there right now. It, it was distinctive, wasn't it? Yeah. and I'm not going to say it appealed to me. I didn't love it. but and I can get that. It, it's, it's an art style critique, mm -hmm. but, you know, it does stand on its own. I do get what you're saying, though, especially with the design of some of the Justice League. I don't know. Aquaman yeah. looks so weird being that <laughs> long and stringy. Yeah. And Cyborg, I want to know what they were doing with, like, the half-fro, and, he, like, his parts look like they didn't really match. I, fe I feel like there was a discussion about how do we make Cyborg look not menacing to children. I don't know. Big 70s afro. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's... Who, do, who doesn't love the old black is beautiful image? But I will, um, I will add, this movie does have heart because, frankly, if you don't get a little choked up at the scene where Ace reveals his background and how yeah. he ended up in the shelter, mm -hmm. I use this phrase a lot, but it's the truth. You have no soul because mm -hmm. I actually got just a tiny bit teary-eyed at that. That, oh, that so was a I. very strong scene. I think if you're looking for at least the, the movie is not weighty. It's not totally weightless, but it's definitely slight maybe slighter than an, I, I'd like my animated movies to be. On the other hand, that scene was highly resonant, and that scene in and of itself was weighty. And know? even the speech that followed, which, again, Kevin Hart mm -hmm. delivered very nicely. The way he talks about it, it's like, this could have been so cliche of, that's mm -hmm. why I've given up on humanity, right. and that's why I don't want an owner. And he's, But they don't go that route. He says... I would have done it again, and I don't blame my owners. They didn't understand. They thought I bit the girl, but right, and that was a really well written script uh, I, speech. And I, you know, I think as like pet owners, we've all owned pets or currently own pets, and they're not. They may be animals, but they are domesticated animals, and animals have personality. They have some degree or another of mental health stuff going on. I mean, you know, doggies, annex, and all of that. Um, and yeah, you know, the get, idea dogs get PTSD, yeah, that's what and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's app you, you got you definitely got a sense of Ace being a real, nicely written, well developed character who was doing something instinctual, saving the child, and having kind of like a threes company completely misinterpreted situation come out of it that he's then unnecessarily punished for. Which, again, is something that I think every one of us has experienced at least at some point in our life, if not multiple times, and, can, and was relatable. Because all, all the kids got it. 
they were like, oh, that sucks for that dog. Like, like we, we, you know, and you're right. They could have made the dog bitter. They, I think it was tempered because you still wanted him to be likable, which again, is a credit to the writing. There's not an unlikable character. You might like a character might be annoying, but I, there wasn't a character in here that you're supposed to cheer for that you couldn't cheer for because they're an asshole, which is a big problem I have with a lot of modern writing is you want me to like this person and cheer them and want them to be successful, except they're, you know, a dick. And I don't want to, I want, I want to see the, I want to see the monster kill him. Um, That's because there's entirely too many self inserts going on. Lastly about Kevin Hart, um, Robert and I, Robert more so than I don't particularly like Kevin Hart because he tends to be kind of like Chris Tucker and some other comedians where he plays a little too much on the kinds of things that made him popular in stand-up that don't always translate well to film. No and, argument. And here he was very restrained. I thought there was uh, a lot of effort into creating a relatable character and not here's Kevin Hart as a dog. Like I forgot it was Kevin Hart for a while. That is the that is the mark of a successful voice performance in my opinion. Robert I never forgot it was Kevin Hart, but to your point, this is easily the least gimmicky yeah. performance I've ever seen Kevin Hart give. Uh, the only bits that felt like, okay, this is like part of your shtick. I think you had to have him do at least one of those, especially given the tenor mm -hmm. of the film. Right. Like, yeah, he's going to urinate all over this big moment, literally. Well, like, and, and, like, and that's the part that makes the trailer. Like there's clearly there was clearly a discussion where they were like we gotta have Kevin Hart doing Kevin Hart stuff, or who who would see this movie? Yeah, let's have yeah, the dog so talk about the bidet being a water fountain for dogs. <laughs> Even though when you actually realize there was no way that he could have gone to a toilet bowl in a bidet because they went from the burning animal shelter into the park, it's like where did you have time to find a, two toilet bowls and a bidet? I hope you are born again as a studio executive who gives notes on scripts. <laughs> Thank you. I I'd, I'd accept. Look, you would make things better, almost certainly. <laughs> like uh, that the, the fact that you like that you picked up that level of detail, I'm impressed with. It, it, that, it's mostly just because, again, that's a scene from the trailer, and it's mm -hmm. something that sticks out to me a lot is that when it's a scene that was clearly made for the trailer, and they insert it into the movie in a way that makes no freaking sense. That's fair. That kind of that's a serious pet peeve of mine. You were saying, Robert. I agree with Alexis there, actually. Like anytime that it feels like you shot the trailer and then shot the movie around it, that really mm -hmm. grates on my nerves. Um, like you guys said, the voice acting here is fine. There's nothing truly stand out, but there's absolutely nothing that falls flat. Mm -hmm. uh, so my gripe with the writing on this is a bit as follows. Now this might be limited to my experience in the theater. I did not see this with a ton of other people, but there was a, a fairly large family seated immediately in front of me. And uh, a couple of kids, like, I get another like parent and two or three kids, a few rows back. Um, there was not a laugh to be heard in this entire movie in the theater I was in. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a problem. Now, again, mileage will vary. It's comedy, but... It doesn't bode well. I th My gripe with the writing here is that there's a giant chunk of it that doesn't really know who it's written for. Okay, what do you mean? Like you, have this, you, you have this gag for a while where the turtle is swearing and it's bleeped out. 
Yeah, what okay. was up with that? Okay, that made me and the girl I was with laugh every single time. But like, it only happens like though. two or three times. Did they did they just not want to tell Natasha Leone to do another take? <laughs> no, because I, I would believe it. I've seen this woman in, in on TV. I will. Be, I would believe it. Here's the, here's what I'll tell you. They thought it was funny, and because they're they're probably a lot like me, where something is funny once, keep doing it until you have annoyed everyone around you, um, and ruined friendships. However, the yes, other thing I will tell like you, in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> here's the other thing I'll tell you. Um, swearing is funny. And covering up swearing is even funnier. And this is made for kids. And swearing is also naughty. So, well, when you have, hang on, you have here's, a, when you, go ahead. Here's my point about this. Like, I get what mm -hmm. you're saying. I, I do. So, let me preface what I'm about to say with bleeping out profanity is funny for adults mm -hmm. more so than children. Like, because we insert something into that space. Right. Small, ch smaller children don't necessarily do that. Like, oh, they, they do the old bit, like, which again is funny for Dep what? Depends on the kid also, because some uh, again, kids have heard their parents me... drop F-bombs and stuff. They know. Yeah, yeah, some parents suck. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel called out, you motherfucker. <laughs> I was gonna. I was about to say it's like, gee, I wonder who that could be—a child who occasionally listens to his father rant on podcasts. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, asshole. <laughs> hey, you're paying for future therapy I, bills, not me. That, yeah. Look, look. The the point there is, if you're showing this to small children, you're gonna get some parents who object to that. Sure, that's fair. And you're gonna get some, and you're gonna get some children who just don't get it, and. Adults might find that funny, but again, limited. There's a limited mileage on it, and if you're making this for adults, why then? So much of the rest of this movie doesn't make sense. Like, I, I get what they're trying to do, but I think the execution was way off here. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, similar like when Ace and Batman get together at the end. That's genuinely mm -hmm. funny. Like when they juxtapose their stories. Mm -hmm. And it gets hyper stylized. Like, that's funny, but you kind of have to be more of a comic fan to really kind of mm -hmm. get the the full breadth of the humor there. Most Especially when they break it up when Ace just, start jump, just jumps and kisses him. <laughs> yeah, there's the, the writing for this is just a little bit bipolar in that sometimes it's for small children and very juvenile and very stupid. And sometimes the humor is. I almost want to say like too subtle or sophisticated for the majority of the audience they're aiming at. And they never quite harmonize those two tones. Yeah. And I, I think it's a fault in the writing. Um, other than that, uh, I'll echo a bit of the animation stuff. I appreciate that it is a bit on the unique side. It doesn't quite bear a striking resemblance to, you know, Pixar or DreamWorks or anything like that or Illumination. But yeah, there were a few design choices that I was, uh, <laughs> I don't, I did not understand. Yeah, I, why they went with uh, also, no neck know, Batman I, is beyond me. I don't know why they decided that their version of Aquaman should look like the Deep. <laughs> but uh, tell me he doesn't. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I laughed. I was like, ooh, good, good call. <laughs> Can we all agree we need more Keanu Reeves as Batman in our lives, though? Sure, I could, I could live with that. I could live with Mark Keanu Reeves as Batman. 
Um, look, my advice to anyone curious about this movie, wait until it's on HBO Max. Save yourself the money. There's no... Like, unless you're just trying to drop your kids off for, you know, 100 minutes or so. There's nothing here. Wait for it to stream. It's... I, it, it's one of, I, mean, I agree it's, with you guys where, about where, where Ace's the character dog... being written well. I was going to say, we're into the dog days of summer here. Um, for, for If you live around where I live, the kids go back to school in about a week or two. Um, so I think... Yep. You're at, and if you're if you're a northeasterner, um, you still have another month to go. And I think we're at the point in the summer now where parents are just like grateful there is movies like this to take their kids to because they are running out of shit to do and they got to get their kids out of the house. Eh, could be, but I, I I think my my saying wait for it to stream is what most people are doing. And you know, in a month and a half, HBO HBO Warner Brothers is going to kind of crow like, hey. Look at the streaming numbers for this on HBO Max, but it's... It wouldn't surprise me if we get a TV not, show based off of this for, like, uh, Warner Brothers kids. I That makes more sense than a lot of other stuff they could try and do with this. I like I mean, Big Hero 6 got a, super, got a TV show spinoff, so did Lilo and Stitch. Like, in that same vein, I could see this being a decent show in that regard, but I don't think we're getting another movie, and I don't think people are turning out for this one for whatever reason all right um i think we're good here I, we I, we talked even before the show started about let's not drag this out if we don't have to <laughs> hey robert it's not the northman it no it isn't <laughs> that was that was robert and i just i love you i love you for three hours um oh and this movie's really cool so <laughs> <clears throat> pissing off uh, the former American whammy people in the process. All right. Now that uh, now that I've said that, yeah, I think we're done here. There's not a whole lot else left to be said, so let's move on to the money, yeah? That was kind of okay. the setup I gave you. <laughs> Terrific. We're in the money. We're in the money. All righty. Uh, with a, hang on, with a budget of, I'm on stupid screen, uh, $90 million, this 90 thing million, has made 40, yeah, 90 million, with a budget of $90 million, um, produced by the Rocks Production Company, seven bucks, this thing has made $43.9 million in its first weekend, companies. yeah, uh, well, that, that's the one that stands out to me, it's why I said it. Uh, $43.9 million. Um, okay, that's why. Um, da, 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 all right, so for the weekend, everybody is working for the weekend. Uh, let's see, for the weekend of August 1st. There we go. Helps if I have like the right thing up. Uh, nope, this is still not right. Let's go back. Live, everybody. Okay. DC, League of Super Pets was the number one movie of the weekend, as I predicted it would be. I do get some of these right. Dicks. Um, yeah, but, no, no, no. Yeah, but what's the number? I All I said it was B number one. Hey, none of us disagreed with that, but since we're talking here, what, the number. All right, easy. Um, so it debuted at number one, knocking Nope out of the number one spot. That fell from one to two. Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> it crossed yeah. 600 million, but, you know, 
look, normal movies, if they cross 600 million, everyone's like celebrating and drinking champagne. When it's a Marvel movie, everyone starts sweating. Um, like a Texas drought. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder dropped from two to three. Minion, three to four. Top Gun, maintaining at five. Where the Crawdads sing, four to six. Elvis, six to seven. The Black Phone maintains at eight. Jurassic World maintained at nine. And Vengeance, which we talked about earlier, uh, debuted at number 10. Um, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Dropped to number 11. Pause of Fury, which my kids saw, thought was great, and my wife didn't even realize was a remake and adaptation of um, Blazing Saddles, which she thought worked, by the way. Um, but yeah, my wife and my kids might have been the only people who actually fucking saw this movie. So <laughs> speaking of waiting for things to stream, wait for that to stream on Paramount Plus in a week. Uh, that fell from 7 to 12. Everything, everywhere, all at once, back in theaters again, and that went from 14 to 13. Marcel the Shell with the Shoes On, speaking of animated movies, from everyone's favorite indie studio, A24, uh, from uh, 11 to 14, and is being, I've been told is one of the better movies, especially one of the better animated movies of the year. Lightyear, I've heard nothing but good things about Marcel. Yeah, I, so have I. Um, Lightyear, which is bombing left and right, uh, fell from 12 to 15. They can't even, they can't not even sell the toys. Yeah. Yeah, this has not been a good month for Disney. No. Um, Hanson, Rising Dragon, debuted at 16. Fire of Love, which is, uh, I don't know if you saw the trailers for this, but this is a documentary about two, like, volcano uh, scientists, and it's getting nothing but rave reviews. I, I oh, think it'll they, end up being on Disney Plus shortly. Died, yeah. I believe those are the two who died in that very famous, like, they captured, these two are responsible for capturing some of the most famous images of volcanic eruptions ever. Their stuff is still used to this day. And yeah, uh, they, I believe they died during one uh, volcanic eruption. Yeah. It's a shame. I saw the, they turned in truly spectacular. Yeah, uh, I saw the trailer him. for it when I saw where the crawdad sang, and it's gonna, it's, it's, it's in theaters now, and I think limited release, but it's gonna end up being on Disney Plus shortly. So, you know, for those of you, if you can deal with a documentary, for those of you listening to this, and you only watch one documentary this year, you should watch Fire of Love. Apparently, it's freaking phenomenal. Uh, Resurrections in eighteen, Hallelujah fifteen and nineteen, and then the bad guys still out there. Apparently, that's back in theaters again, at least in limited release. Uh, went from t 19 to 20. Love Song debuted at 22, Medusa 29, and Alma's Rainbow at 35. All right, worldwide, here is where we stand. <laughs> Top Gun, still hey, the hey, only hey. move. You, you never said the number that League of Super Pets got in its opening weekend. 43.9, I said that already. No, 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 that's what it's taken over its, that's what, that's its gross to this point. All right, you big bully. Hang on. Uh, twenty-three million. For the record, everyone out there, that's <laughs> half of what Space Jam Two did, and Space Jam Two released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. That is a brilliant point. Thank you for making it. <laughs> yeah, when when your exclusive theatrical release can't do half as well as your day and date sequel to a 20-year-old movie you done shit the bed that also bombed yeah what did do, do you guys what how do you think this movie would have done if they had uh, released it directly onto HBO Max oh i think i mean look people are like turning and running from disney and they're looking for something else they can show their kids while they do dishes and put laundry away i i can almost guarantee it would have had huge streaming numbers 
Like people like Superman. They like Batman. Both of them are yeah, in the movie. I, I, I imagine that when this does stream, it will do good streaming numbers. I genuinely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see this definitely being on in the background for kids for, who are being, you know, and just want to watch a movie or something, or the babysitter just needs to turn on the movie for a bit. As Pat Gessner says on TikTok related to Caninus, the band with uh, their singer is a dog. People like dogs. Um, all right. Top Gun Maverick, the only movie this year to have made over a billion dollars, currently at a billion three. Doctor Strange petered out at 954. Jurassic World climbing the charts has broken 900 million. We're at 942 now. Batman it's 770. Much higher. Minions climbing the charts is the most successful Woo! animated film of this year. Shut up. What, what uh, is reality when Minions is beating a Pixar film? Oh, hang on. Don't do that. This one will fucking never let it go. Because I did that with Inside Out and I'm still hearing about it. <laughs> Jesus, don't, don't, don't set yourself up, Alexis. Let me save you. Fine. Change of the topic here. Winfrey, when are you getting your damn I'm camera just, fixed? I'm, oh, my God. <laughs> you don't need nobody. First of all, nobody wants to see my face. Second of all, I'm getting my new computer should be arriving. Uh, Third of all, what the fuck before, does this have to do with the price? Certainly of before the end of the month. Minions. 713 million worldwide. Minions. I celebrate the success of our little yellow overlords. Fantastic. Thor Love Sorry, and I still worship the mouse. Uh Thor Love and Thunder is over six hundred million. Watergate Bridge, six hundred million twenty-six. Fantastic Beast petering out at four oh five. Sonic didn't beat Fantastic Beast, and Robert's very upset about it. Ever so pissed. Aren't we uh, all? Uh, I, I, I am just I'm just disappointed in all of you. I just want everyone out there <laughs> listening to know this. I'm disappointed in all of you. Hey, Winfrey, I didn't go every- see Fantastic Beast, but I did pay money to go see Sonic 2. Winfrey, everyone's dad. He's disappointed in you, as a good dad should be. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, petered out at 401. Uncharted petered out at 401, and that's your top 10. 11 through 20, we've got the bad guys, Elvis, Lightyear. Two kill to kill. Nice view, the lost city. Morbius. Hey, Robert. Hey, (laughs) hey, Robert. Hey, hey, Robert. It's Morbin time. Uh, yeah. If I ever see Jared <laughs> I saw Leto, the, I'm probably uh, going to kick him in the groin. So I still haven't seen Morbius, but I did see the post credit scene. And whoever edited that needs to be drugged to the back alley and shot. You are not uh, wrong. The Black Phone uh, at 141, Scream at 140, and then finally in the top 20 is Death on the Nile at 137. Um, everything everywhere all at once is 96 million and it's like the most, you know, didn't even make a hundred million, but it is somehow the most successful eight twenty four picture of all time, which I find really funny. Downton Abbey, if I remember correctly, the Oof. first one did like exceptionally good numbers for a focus feature. This one didn't even crack a hundred million. The second one. What's um, KGF yeah. chapter two? At number 25. No what idea. Is that? Nah, no clue. Um, where the crawdads sing, which we just reviewed, is at 63 million. And League of Super Pets did better than Bob's Burgers, <laughs> but just by a little bit. That's uh, just sad. 
Well, most yeah. people complain Bob's Burgers movie fell into the same pitfall, pit, the same pit that uh, the Simpsons movie did. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, they didn't give us anything that they couldn't give us on their TV show. So right, those this- looking to adapt a TV show into a movie, take the notes from the guys who did South Park because they actually did an adaptation right. They said, okay, what can we get away with this time? All right. Um, so DC Super Pets is dead at this point. It's going to be replaced by Bullet Train as the only other big yeah. wide uh, release picture. Um, it's its competition is Easter Sunday, which is also in wide release. But I, why they moved it out of Easter and put it in the middle of August is beyond me. But no one's going to see it. And if anyone does watch it, they'll watch it on Peacock in 45 days. Yeah, I, I think I got a bad feeling about that one. I got a real bad that- feeling. <laughs> That movie seems to only be targeting to, oh my God, please forgive me. What is the ethnicity of the comedian who's doing that? He's Filipino. talking about his family. Filipino? Yeah, this seems like it is yeah. only targeting to Filipino audiences. Right. August 12th, we have Fall. Lots well, of limited release, though, from Lionsgate. Uh, all right, Summering and Mac and Rita. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess Bullet Train will be number one two weeks in a row because there ain't shit else that's that's competitive with it. Uh, August 19th, Probably. we have Beast. That'll be the number one movie of that weekend. Hey, Robert, do you remember a few years ago yeah, when a we... Chance. Do you remember a few years ago where we used to talk... Where we used to do our summer blockbuster wrap-up in August because August was always a shit month. And then yep. between, between the unknown uh, virus of unnamed origin... Um, we a lot of movies got pushed into august so we stopped doing it because the summer wasn't quite over and it became instead of being fuck you it's august it's now fuck you it's september when nothing comes out we're back to nothing is in august again like this is really bad and and uh, hang on i want to share something with you guys i'd like to say i I think august has replaced february as the month where movies go to die no it's september now here's the thing like when I was doing the August schedule, even with all like the cutting and everything else, it's like, you know, like what are we doing for DMU Hollywood? That's the priority. That's like the anchor show. So obviously we have Bullet Train. That's what we already discussed. But then after that, Prey, which is a streaming movie on Hulu, The Gray Man, a streaming movie on Netflix, Samaritan, a streaming movie on Amazon Prime. That's literally August. If it wasn't for streaming movies, we wouldn't be doing DMU Hollywood. Isn't that crazy? We do hang on. We would do Beast. Like I, I think sure. that's one we'd make room for. But other than that, no, you're entirely right. Like, And bear in mind, Grayman, I've heard nothing but bad things about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, I'll tell Gray, you what. I actually, I'm... I think I had Beast on the schedule, but then I, I then I took it off because I don't it think I was going to be able to watch it in time. Well, I, it, I think for me personally, it was I was going away for the weekend that it came out and I wasn't going to be able to watch it before we reviewed it because then I go back. It was like I was away and then I had to go back to work. So um, that's how we ended up with three streaming movies three weeks in a row. But even like September, like we're not even doing DMU Hollywood all that much because uh, I, I always show to Alexis we're going to do upload season two. The only other DMU Hollywood is Dark Harvest, and that's the 13th. After that, it's Strange New Worlds, and then me and Alexis again doing the on trial for Hocus Pocus. Like <laughs> August and September. If I'm not putting stuff on the schedule to review, there's nothing on the schedule to review, like in theaters. When, how have we returned to this place? Is I guess is my point to you, and what I'm trying to get you to talk about, where 
we can't find any good movies to review for our show in the months of August and September. How did we land here? <sighs> Everyone decided that it was a good idea to front load the year. <laughs> I suppose. Like, yeah, nobody goes well, to the movies in August and September, so fuck well, it. I mean, look, we've talked about this before. Like, there were so many studios that had such a weird pileup, uh, a traffic Come jam of content Jesus, that they had to release. Your soul? <laughs> yeah, I've that's been on the calendar all year, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get Robert to review that, so I haven't even looked at it. That is correct. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe this medieval movie, but you know, I'm kind of committed to the way things are now. I've heard... Some halfway decent things about Barbarian, but again, meh. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot here. I'm, I'm in September now. There's the um, the sequel to X, Pearl, but we didn't even do... We, we did X as part of a triple feature, not as part of a Daniel Hollywood. Oh, look, there's a new Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. Well, that one might actually have a little bit going for it because apparently the original creator is not going to be involved with that at all, so... I'm starting. I'm sure starting to see hiring uh, a crew easier. I'm starting to see trailers now for Smile, and again, I guess if I was more, I've, into I've been do... seeing. I've been getting some. I've been getting Smile trailers trailers for a while now, actually. So, mm -hmm. look at something September thirtieth. Um, and I see they're re-releasing Avatar again. Yeah, I mean theoretically uh... we could do it, but I have right now in the place of doing smile i have a triple feature for hocus pocus 2 pinocchio and the monsters which i would rather that's do. fine yeah um yep, and then we i have to, i actually would. yep i gotta go watch the monsters i'm yeah, happy to watch the other two but i feel dirty giving rob zombie any money <laughs> and then i'm uh, we very have... curious to see what del toro's pinocchio looks like. like that that could be a match made in heaven you uh, you saw the most okay. recent trailer. That's not right? that Pinocchio though. That's not that's the that's not Del Toro's Pinocchio. That Pinocchio is the Disney one. That comes out in September. Oh, like, the one with Tom Hanks? Yes. Oh, good God. Never mind then. I'm only Hocus Pocus is the one I want to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to just kill you want me to just no. change this to a damn you Hollywood for Hocus Pocus too and just be done with not make you people watch these other two? No, I'll do it. What about you, Robert? What's your, what's your vote here? I was on the schedule for those ones. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't want to leave you I out. I don't have to suffer alone. <laughs> no, I have you. Um, because, well, that's that's normally our, our Tuesday night damn you Hollywood date. But like, and I, and I didn't want to leave you out of it, but I wanted to do all three of these. So I was like, oh, I'll just have Robert and Alexis do Focus, Focus 2, okay. Pinocchio, and the Munsters. So um, I was leaving it. Most of those are streaming, right? They're all streaming. Hocus Pocus yeah, 2 yeah, and Pinocchio are both Disney Plus, and The Munsters is Netflix, I believe. I'm, yeah, we'll hang on. I'll, I'll double check. I'm still hoping that um, that trailer that they, re that they released for The Munsters was actually just a parody trailer, and that's not actually <laughs> what the movie looks like. All right. All right, folks. Well, that is. Uh, it's going to be I real believe... interesting watching uh, Hocus Pocus 2, having never seen the original. Well, hey, you can listen to um, Alexis Netflix. and I do an, on, do an on trial for the first one. How about that? How have you just... never seen the original Hocus Pocus? It's like a Halloween classic for our generation. Just never have. Oh, this is riveting conversation. Here we go, folks, with the critical review. 
Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All right. Uh, the critics liked it, but not as much as the audience did. It's got a 71 to 89 tomato meter to audience score. And although it never quite soars, DC League of Super Pets is more than satisfactory diversion <laughs> diversion for families in search of four-legged fun. That's not wrong. Sure. It's corny, but it's not wrong. It is definitely corny. I wish uh, it, I, I had the foresight to, like, when someone I hear something that corny, I could just immediately go to, like, a gif of, like, you know, just corn, like, in the cartoon. Very Tex Avery of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Tim Brayton of Alternate Ending. It comes from no sincere place, but it is fr- flagrantly honest about it, at least. You Okay. You can tell which of these critics either, A, don't have kids, B, don't like kids, or C, saw this in a theater with only a bunch of other serious adults. Yeah. Alternatively, saw this in a theater with a bunch of children, and it was just a miserable experience. (laughs) I hate kids. I hate this movie. I hate myself. Um, Aaron Newworth of We Live Entertainment. Super Pets is mildly amusing at best and lacks bite. Yeah. That's more or less (laughs) accurate. (laughs) <laughs> my response or what he said both what he said <laughs> hey Nicholas Barber of metro.co.uk a cartoon barking up the wrong tree Alexis Arroo! it's barking up the wrong tree uh, don't you understand Woof. it's barking up the wrong tree that shit with an answer. fire this person <laughs> fire this person for that pun <laughs> a tree grows in Brooklyn and you're parking up the wrong one. <laughs> hey, Kevin Carr. <laughs> hey, Kevin Carr. Fat guy at the movies. It's been a long time since you and I have rock and rolled. Hi. Can I hear what Kevin Carr says? Yes, you can. You, you let's let's all <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's all talk to Said Kevin no Carr one ever. Your son <laughs> just made history by actually wanting to know what this guy says about a film. All right, Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies, drooled out with its heart and soul tied into the history of DC Comics. This spirited movie is great family fun. What do you think oh. about that, Jonas? Oh, well, I'm you. Not a professional critic, so, like. Neither is he. He's a fat guy at the movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but your non professional criticism of what Kevin Carr has to say, go. Well, yes, I will. Okay. It's not entirely like family. All families will enjoy this. Because I know some. I know probably some adults will probably like. Scrolling through the phone or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a lot of adults watching this scrolling through their phones. All right, get out of here. Bye. All right. <laughs> I love when he jumps All off right. sk- screen that that fast. It looks like you're basically just shoving him off. <laughs> get out of here, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, thank you, gunk. 
<laughs> your wife comes in with the hook at the Apollo. Just <laughs> um, all right. Okay, you want to push this guy on. down the flight of stairs or not? Yeah. Look, buddy, you blithering sycophant. <laughs> the only reason to be this effusive with your praise is that you're desperately trying to gl- to glom onto some cachet here. Also, if your movie's heart and soul is tied that deeply into obscure characters and your audience know understanding things that are not on screen, that's a failure of screenwriting, not something to be celebrated. Roddy and Simon P.L.I. of of now Toronto, top critic. More fun than Justice League. Oh, get bent. No, actually, (laughs) I'm with him on this one. Of course you are. Okay, okay, hang on. If you mean the theatrical release, yeah, I might give you that. I didn't like the Snyder but... Cut either. I fell asleep. Did you, Alexis? I'm convinced yes! the Snyder Cut is not meant to... I'm convinced the Snyder Cut is not meant to be viewed in one sitting. Like, it is designed to be like a miniseries. I watched it all at once. Everything... I watched everything everywhere all at once. I watched the entire four-hour cut... <clears throat> I had to pause. It I did more or less. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Snyder's pacing is horrible. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed it, but we talked sorry, about this. That's already. my hill I die on. Okay, yes, Alexis. That's she fair. hates Eternals and Justice League. We got it. Um, I don't hate Eternals that much. You're confusing me with Jeff again. Well, it's because you look alike, and you I, and I, we I, would look. You would look more alike if you were wearing your hat. You got to put your hat on. <laughs> I mean, I don't well, be fair, I kind of hate Eternals too. <clears throat> Moving on. Speaking of people that Robert hates, the future ex Mrs. Winfrey, Tanya Lamb of Lola Lamb Chops. Oh, Lola. Not only does DC League of Super Pets have jokes, but it has heart. Add this to the list of must see family summer flicks. Ooh, I wouldn't call this must see. No, it's like if, if this yeah. was just the first sentence, I'd say I agree, but adding the must-see into there kills it. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close to required viewing on any level. So earlier we were talking about how this is a slight movie and all of that, and you know, like this is going to be one of our shorter reviews. Nell Minow of RogerEbert.com, top critic, Red Star. She gets paid for this. Best of the best. A high concept. A high concept. A high-concept animated film about animals with superpowers is brought to vibrant, endearing life by the superpowers behind the scenes. Lively voice talent from an all-star cast, a script that is smart, exciting, and very funny. Ma'am, did you write that at gunpoint? I imagine this person is... Look, I envy you your enthusiastic optimism and positivity about the world and all things in it. You are very, very wrong here. High concept, Alexis. This is this is some like matrix level brilliant shit here that we're talking about. Yeah, the only part of it that's correct is the lively voice talent, which again we all agreed they do, right. they got really good voice actors for this. The only high part of the concept here was I assume this critic when writing this. I'm sorry, uh, has this woman never seen an animated film before? <laughs> it's entirely possible. She does work for RogerEbert.com. Hey, well, um, hang on. Roger Ebert was actually a great defender of animated film. Hater of video games, though. <laughs> Fausto Fernandez of Photogrammas. DC League of Super Pets is as more... Inf- 
is as or more infantile than an episode of Paw Patrol, but with within lies its charm. I've never watched Paw Patrol. I do not have children that Me watch neither. Paw Patrol, so I cannot comment on that. Yeah, Paw Patrol had its good good and bad points. I mean, you know, I watched enough of it when Jonas was the target audience. It's fine. Daniel M. Kimmel of North Shore Movies. Not since the Lego Batman movie in 2017 has a DC movie been as much fun as this. I did like the Lego Batman movie because, again, it was insanely tongue-in-cheek, and I appreciated when an animated film plays it that close to the chest. Uh, but no. Just Jeff, no. Jeff I did York not, of the establishment. I did, not like the, uh, I did not like the Lego Batman movie. And once again, we have the supreme pontiff of fun here dictating to all of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jeff admit, York... I think I'm biased because I have a really great memory tied to the Lego Batman movie. All right. I was going to read something, but now I got to read this instead. Kyle Smith of the Wall Street Journal, top critic. Best of the best. He gets paid for this. DC League of Super Pets is a mess, and all of those involved should get their noses rubbed in it. Uh, one, again, that's a very... really doesn't have children. That's also a bad way to train pets. No, you idiot. Um, last one. And this guy apparently is a devotee of Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. <clears throat> Sean Chandler of Sean Chandler Talks About. Cute enough blend of pet movie and superhero movie. Yes, that that is wow. in fact accurate. I wouldn't have paid somebody to write that, but he's not wrong. <laughs> Your review is almost as milk toast as the film. Bravo. <laughs> well done, sir. You put words on a page and they were, in fact, accurate. Uh, Jeremy Johns of jeremyjohns.com. Uh, Alexis loves you and wants to have your babies. It seems like <laughs> it seems like a half-baked Justice League premise they just passed off to the pets. <laughs> Much as I dislike that blithering jackass hey don't you make fun of the future you know <laughs> you say that about every male critic that i admit i'm a fan of yeah don't tell me what your opinions are i'm just gonna harass you about it <laughs> forever go ahead <laughs> i'm a dick go on you're a dick but we all work for you <laughs> well i had a comment that was I had a comment that was made about my son. Um, so again, same group of kids that we took. They we we hung out there for a couple of days on and off, and an observation was made of my son interacting with this group of mixed uh, children. And the observation was, "He, your son sounds like a cult leader." <clears throat> to which point, somebody else said, "He must come by it naturally because they know me." And look at what I have here <laughs> before me. My following, so you know us rattle us rattleage men, all the charisma of Jim Jones. Anyway, moving on. There's um, supposed to be money in cults, isn't there? <laughs> uh, yeah, all, all of Jim Jones, but without the Kool Aid. <laughs> that comes next. Keep asking me about money. We, um, are, we are relocating <laughs> to South America in the near future, though. <laughs> Dan Daniel Salzman of Salzy at the Movies. DC League of Super Pets is a super fun time for superhero fans. Der heap? 
You should not feel good about having written that. <laughs> I'm a critic. I, I, I talk about movies. I'm a smart. Pretty sure that last one was a tick bird review. <laughs> no kidding. All right, folks. That is our review of DC League of Super Pets. Uh, we will, speaking of schedules, we'll be back next week for a movie for adults with adults in it for adults. Uh, we'll be talking Bullet Train starring Brad Pitt. So that'll be fun. And then, like I said, we have three weeks of streaming movies. We'll have Prey, which is the latest Predator movie. The Gray Man uh, came out a week or two on Netflix. And then we'll be Eesh. closing out the month of August with the new superhero film from uh, Sylvester Stallone, which went straight to Amazon Prime, uh, Samaritan. So that'll be fun. I think we'll have Pat, if Pat Mullen is available, since he's a big Stallone fan, he's been looking forward to this. We'll have him on for that. So that'll be great. Um, tomorrow, so I was off for a week. So we've had a lot of canned ham over the past week and a half, uh, our our review of Pan, uh, our two-part review of the Highlander series, the mo- series of movies, not the television show. Um, Alexis, her very, 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 very first appearance on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network was when her ex-boyfriend dragged her by the hair and threw her on here and said, hey, this asshole knows about Harry Potter. Talk to her. And then for yeah, the next- it was pretty much <clears throat> just an hour and a half of me going, um, actually. Yes, and for the next six hours, I had to hear about the books as she audiobooked them to me. She was like, well, here on page thing is the thing about the philosopher's stone. Don't you understand? And I'm like, I was told uh, I was brought on to answer why things in the movie made no sense. And you were asking for an explanation. Okay. He did a very good job listening back to those. But yes, there was a lot of, well, tech, like, I was going to say, was, if you didn't like it, you shouldn't have hired me. Like, <laughs> um, there was a lot, there was a lot of, I don't understand why this is happening. Well, you see on page 37, like, oh, fuck me. So. <laughs> Uh, so yes, we had know, the, I'm a book nerd. You know this. We had our four point Harry Potter series. Um, the one, one of the few times we've done a documentary on the Rattles Broadcasting Network. I had a coworker come on and we talked about Michael Pollan's Cooked. Um, and then uh, with Prey coming out this week, our we had two Predator shows that I re aired. One was the Long Road to Ruin on the Predator series, uh, the first two or three Predator movies, and then an on trial for the uh, Predators movie starring Adrian Broner. So we're finally back to live recording right. tomorrow. Brody, yes. Brody, Brody. I think he Adrian, knows what he said. Adrian I, Broner is something completely different. Oh, right. He's fighting in a week or two. Um, He's going to get knocked the hell out because he should not be fighting anymore. True. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, Brody. Um, so tomorrow, uh, generally speaking, Wednesday shows are now dead, but the occasional one will pop up for one reason or another, and this is the last one. It's also one of the last... One of the last t- TV shows I'll be reviewing because I can't do this anymore. Uh, but it's all about who I'm doing it with. I'm doing it with you, Robert Winfrey, all night long. And Jesse. Jesse will be there, too. We're all going to do it to each other together. How do you feel about that? Look, you and Je- what you and Jesse do on your vacations is your own business, and I'm not going to pry. But if you choose to bring it up constantly, it will get <laughs> ugly very, very quickly. And I might just leave. <laughs> anyway, what I mean to be saying is that we'll be reviewing The Boy Season 3. Yes, we uh, will. And a good time will be had by all. Yep, we'll see if we can get that done in Whether an hour. Like or it or not. <clears throat> we'll see if we'll get that done in an hour or if it'll turn into like a three, yet another three-hour therapy session for the wise men of the Rattle Engine Broadcasting Network. Jesse starts I think you have to, okay, when you guys start talking hero-gasm, uh, yeah, therapy session. 
we're all fairly well inured to the kind of uh, excess that the boys brings. I, I think we'll be mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And then Thursday, the Metal Hammer of Doom is back. We're finally ready to graduate from Lordiversity. Thank God. So this is our last Lordiversity review. It'll be Master Beast from the other side of imagination or something. No, Master Beast from the Moon is what it's called. So that'll be that. And then we'll have a re-airing of our Oakley Dokley show from years ago. Uh, Robert came on for that to tell us about all things Simpsons. So uh, that'll be the... Jesus Christ. That'll be the sixth. Uh, Oakley Dokley Howdly Toodley. Howdly Toodley. We'll have a re-airing of our Black Mirror Season 2 show that I did with Jesse a bunch of years back. And then since Creed got put, Creed 3 got pushed into 2023, I said, screw it. And I'm just going to re-air the thing now. We have a re-airing of our Creed 2 review that we that Ronnie and I did because there was no way Robert was going to watch that. That'll be August 8th. And then we're back to live recordings again. Hey, Alexis Haina and Jesse Starcher did their second part of the Hell of a Boss thing. Uh, that'll be aired the morning of August 9th. And then we're back here live oh, yes, for Bullet season Train. Season 2 came out. We'll be back here live for Bullet Train, August 9th. So that's what's going on on the Rad Religion Broadcasting Network. Alexis Haina, I hear you paint houses and sell jewelry. As opposed to hiding bodies. Yes. <laughs> uh, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. We just got uh, done wrapping up an insanely busy July with three events, two in Texas. We were at uh, Greater Austin Comic Con and Comic Palooza in Houston. And then we did uh, Fountain City Mini Con back here in Kansas City. Finally got a little time off before we head to the Colorado Springs Comic Con uh, here mid-August. Looking forward to that. Till then, we are working on getting a bunch of brand new products onto our shops. Uh, last month, we sadly uh, ran out of our uh, Monopoly bracelets, so I am working my butt off to make a new batch of those. Get them online as soon as possible. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find our stuff on our shops at Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. Robert Winfrey, tell them about all the wrestling you hate. Uh, that would be all of it. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. I, I cover... I cover professional wrestling a few nights a week. AW's Dark Elevation on Monday. Whatever MLW releases, when they release stuff, they're taking a bit of a hiatus at the moment, despite having all the material they taped at Battle Riot in the can. Uh, thank you for negatively affecting my paycheck, guys. Deeply appreciate it. <laughs> One of, like, five outlets that actually cover your, <laughs> your, your product. Uh, and WWE SmackDown on Friday, so I cover all of that. I cover MMA events, specifically the UFC, also for 411mania.com. Those are in the wrestling or MMA zones. Last uh, Saturday, UFC 277 was an event. <laughs> uh, technically speaking, over it overperformed, technically. So my full review of that is over in the MMA zone. If you want my uh, podcast thoughts, if you'd rather listen to me ramble than read my round-by-round -round scoring, uh, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. That air, I record that late Sunday evening, so Sunday evening, Monday morning. You've got that at your disposal. Give it a listen if you are so inclined. Uh, that is me talking mixed martial arts because I inherited that from mark and as he left so did everyone else and i'm just talking to myself because that's how these <laughs> things go it took time so for everyone to leave be... you though it wasn't like all at once <laughs> different discussion <laughs> that's a different discussion to have 
Okay. So, uh, so again, if you're interested in that, please give that show a listen wherever you're listening to this. You can probably punch that in and find it on a podcast platform of your particular choosing. And I will be covering this Sunday, this Saturday, UFC on ESPN 40. It's not a good card on paper. I don't know what to tell you, but I'll be covering it. So stop by, say hello if you're so inclined. I always appreciate it. And I'll be back, as Mark mentioned, tomorrow to discuss The Boys Season 3. And I'm just going to call it Homelander is the best television villain of the last eight years. All right. I, I agree. I don't think it's all that close. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty it's universally. It's been eight years since Hannibal off point. the air, right? Uh, I'm Five gonna go years ahead and say yes. I might have to double check. Yeah. Okay, right. best TV villains, yeah, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I mean, somebody put up uh, one of those like memes, like choose the best television villain in history, and there was like nine different choices, and Homelander's one of them, but the other two that stuck out, they had Gus Fring and Hannibal both on there, and I went, Ooh. making me choose between these three is just wrong. My yeah, fanboy like, says Hannibal. choose between Gus Fring. <laughs> my, don't make me my choose fanboy my says Hannibal, but I think my fanboy says Hannibal, but logically, I think it's Homelander. Gus Fring right. was so terrible. They brought the actor on to the boys, and he's just as scary there. Eh, I preferred yeah. him in bug. I preferred him as bugging out and do the right thing. Hey, that's our review oh, of <laughs> DC <laughs> League of Super Pets. For Alexis Hannah and Robert Winfrey, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.